0: Welcome to Horror Court Trash over the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. <laughs> What's wrong?
1: Uh, you've just made me watch one of the worst films I've ever
0: seen. Uh, and take a shot every time you hear that on the podcast, and you'll be fucking hammered. But it gets worse and worse as we go through. Yes. Yeah, this is. Um, ...whereas Glitter was one of yours that you had in mind when you first started... Oh lord, yeah. ...podcasts. This is one of mine that I had in mind. Um, I've scheduled this in a few times, uh, changed my mind every time... ...but this week seems fitting, because... And I only mention this at the end of the episode, but... ...we are now two days away from our screening of Hellraiser... ...at Chapel Picture House in Manchester. So, last chance to get tickets... ...come along, it's looking like it's going to be amazing... We have a Dead by Daylight gaming session, there's some old school trailers, it's just going to be lots of fun. And you get to see a classic on the big screen. Yes. Uh, Tickets are available from the links in our bios on social media, and we hope to see you all there. But first, to celebrate the screening, we can't discuss Hellraiser because we've already discussed it. What we can discuss is a film that (laughs) tries to be... (laughs) Howraiser <laughs> <It> and fails miserably. <laughs> it could have easily been one of the Hellraiser sequels because they're all dog shit. Um after, after two. it can't be as bad as this. Some of them are just as bad as this. Uh we are of course talking about Hallinger from nineteen ninety seven. Tromus Hallinger. Yeah, Troma. Technically. Technically. Directed by Massimiliano Curci, the director of such classics as The True Tale of Old Splitfoot versus the Lesbian Warrior Nuns of the Great White North, oh, which is currently in pre production, uh, Adrenaline 2021, which is in post production, and classics such as The Penthouse, The Night Shift, Kendall Ransom, Bounty Hunter, Double Feature from How, How Billy satan Claus, brain master and many many more Jesus. budget of eight thousand dollars <laughs> fucking hell and we can't tell you how much it made because it went straight to dvd and not just any dvd straight to hardcore the label that has brought you such classics as aquinoids and vampire killer barbies what's your favorite hardcore film so far Vampire Killer Barbies. Not
1: Hellinger. Not Hellinger. Hellinger, I I can honestly say, and I know I say this a lot, but the the films do progressively get worse and worse. I find. (laughs) Do you remember when our second episode was Showgirls? Yeah. And we watched that recently, and we were like, actually, this is pretty fucking entertaining. This is a great
0: film. Yeah, we have reevaluated. When we thought, we thought, (laughs) what's it when
1: the when. You said you know pick a film. You know we're gonna do a trash film, a shit film, and I chose Showgirls. How wrong was I? Two years later. Because yeah. it's, it's probably one of the best films
0: we've ever. Oh, okay. Let's discuss. We've the also podcast. discussed Psycho and The Shining. Let's I said one of that. I said one of. Um, I blame a certain film that we're covering as a Halloween special. ...as uh, our reevaluation for Showgirls. Okay. Because... ...Malignant, you know, was released... ...and showed that you can... ...make something purposely... ...look bad in places... ...as a, you know... ...as a bit of a love letter to certain things... ...and that's exactly what Showgirls is... ...when you look at it like that, because... Another film that I think helped us with this reevaluation is Starship Troopers, which, again, is a satire where Paul Verhoeven... I mean, the actors clearly had no fucking idea. But Paul Verhoeven created a satire of sci-fi films. Yeah. And the teen films of the time when it was released. Uh, and I, I think it's very much what Showgirls is now. I think so. I think intent means a
1: lot. Yeah. And I, I don't know... I know we're not talking about showgirls, but uh, I think Paul Verhoeven's intent was misconstrued. And I don't, but I also don't think that the screenwriter knew Paul Verhoeven's intent either. Yeah. So the screenplay is definitely a seedy exploitation (laughs) shitstorm. Yeah. But I think Paul Verhoeven made it into something else we might have to do another episode on Showgirls
0: a re-evaluation maybe maybe um but yeah I mean we're talking about a real trash
1: we are no classic oh today. yeah
0: excuse me uh,
1: let's go back to where we were this is generally and fortunately it has the decency to be an hour and 14 minutes long <laughs> but it's gen. it's awful <laughs> really
0: truly bad so I watched this um when I was getting into so bad it's good films uh after Vampire Killer Barbies. Uh, I was seeking out as many hardcore films as I could find. This was one of them. And also, also when I was younger, this used to come up on... Because I was, was always looking for some sort of clips or trailers of the Howraiser sequels. that were not easy to get hold of at that time. Um, but you'd search Howraiser on YouTube and this would come up. Uh, the clip from the start with uh, Melissa and her dad. <laughs> I had no fucking idea what it was. I thought, I, I didn't even think it was to a real film. I thought some friends had filmed like a Hellraiser tribute or something, but it's fucking. Yeah. It used to be fun. It used to be fun. Bar one scene. Um, Analyzing it scene for scene, not so fun.
1: It's not fun at all. It was, it was actually quite painful. Uh, we don't uh, have my any trivia. history of the film. Would you like to know my history I'm going of the on. film? So, my history of the film is that I'd never heard of the fucker <laughs> until I met Gary. happened? So And uh, recently, Gary showed me an old John Saxon film called Hellmaster, uh, which I thought was incredibly boring and stupid. Um, When Gary announced that we would be doing Hellinger for this episode of the podcast, I got a little confused and thought we were doing Hellmaster. So when Gary put on this DVD today... And I realised it wasn't Hellmaster and we wouldn't be discussing John Saxon. Um, I was slightly relieved because Hellmaster was really boring. And now I wish we would have discussed Hellmaster.
0: <laughs> One day shit. we need to get the Blu-ray version of Hellmaster because our the, the hardcore version. Good. The hardcore version we wouldn't know what they're saying. Like no, it's terrible quality. It's, yeah, it was, we we need the vinegar syndrome I version. Think so. Um and that could be a future episode. So That's also true for this film. There's no saving this film. The,
1: yeah, um, no, but I mean in terms of there's a lot of dialogue I just didn't get. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I didn't know what they were saying. I
0: don't know if they'd be able to patch this up. I don't know if anyone would even want to. And, and how much did Hardcore sell DVDs for? Like, what was the average? Was it like a pound? I don't know, because the only place I brought them from was Poundland and CX. So I, pay, I always paid between 10p and a pound because that's when CX used to do the 10p DVDs oh, and 25p. Shame. So I, I got this for 25p. Um, you were ripped off. <laughs> got no trivia so I'm going to read you some quotes from the uh, artwork. And by the way, they couldn't even do, they, they couldn't be asked to do a proper cover for this film to the point that the the cover is too long for the case and it's all wrinkled up. It is, yeah. <laughs> um... So, Court Movies said, awesome. Horror Reporter said, intense, twisted and bloody, in the vein of Hellraiser. And Stephen Seward, yes, should be in name, ashamed, from Buried.com, said, dark and creepy. Have these people not seen any other films before watching this? Is it
1: a thing? I don't know if it's a real thing. Um, but isn't it, if you include words in your review for something, they can just pick and choose?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's written so happened So, if,
1: if you turn around and said, I wish Hallinger was dark and creepy, but it's not, <laughs> can they just put dark and creepy? I mean, technically they're taking words from your review. I mean,
0: yeah, i twisting it. <laughs> I mean, do they have to be careful about what words they use? <laughs> Also, the tagline is, he'll rip out your insides. No, he won't. No, he won't. He, 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 he rips out no one's insides throughout the no. entire film. He rips out eyeballs. Yeah, he'll get... Well, he doesn't even
1: rip out eyeballs. <laughs> he'll give you some sort of, like, weird eyeball massage.
0: <laughs> so do you not have any trivia for this? No, uh,
1: I've got... No, I have, actually. I have. I've just looked it up now. Um, Chris Barker from the Horror of a <laughs> Podcast says, The shit. Um, I think they've taken my words out of context. <laughs> I said, this is the biggest piece of shit I've watched in a long time. I
0: can't trust hardcore anymore. You can't. They've taken my um, words out of context. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, hardcore also did um, At Dawn They Sleep. Remember that classic? Oh. With the and vampires. Well, this
1: reminded me very much of At Dawn They Sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like, the quality it of is it. very. And I, I, they must have shared a camera. I yeah. Because the camera work was very It similar. also
0: has another Axl Rose in it. You know how At Dawn They Sleep had older Axl Rose? Mm-hmm. This has young Axl Rose, Nikki the Pimp. Oh, yes, of course. So each... Yes. Maybe there's a few... Maybe see Axl Rose Cinematic Universe... Um. So the plot is a fallen man of the cloth, forever bound to the fires of hell by a pact made with Satan, is unleashed to torment humankind. That's not true. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) That is not the plot of this film. When did we ever find a plot that actually is accurate to the film? Exactly. It happens every week. That's not. God's honest. That's not.
1: That's not the truth. That's not. (laughs) So we start. We start 20 years ago. <laughs> so this is meant to be 1977. 1977, I assume. Spoiler it does not look like 1977.
0: It looks like 1997. It looks um, like
1: 1997.
0: Let's get this out of the way now. You won't find a single good performance in this film. No. Um. we we able to point it out uh, we'll point out some honorable mentions but would be here all night telling you about every single bad performance, because they are all bad. There's not a single good one to be found. The camera work is fucking abysmal. I don't even know where they got the soundtrack from, but we'll we'll get to that. There's a dad and the daughter having dinner. The daughter is Melissa, our main character. Um, and she is slurping ridiculously loud. She is. Like, uh, I mean, it sounds like she is right next to the camera slurping. Uh, And he's not having it, he's fucking fuming. I don't blame him to be honest. Uh, And he says, I've told you many times, Melissa, stop playing with your food. Why can't you, like a normal human being, without making all of these sounds? Do you understand me? And she says, Yes, Daddy, I understand. I won't do it again.
1: Are you okay there? (laughs)
0: That is exactly
1: what happened.
0: she literally says she won't do it again and immediately starts slurping. Now, I think I gave them a little more life than they actually provided in that line delivery. <laughs> well,
1: the moment you choked on your soup, <laughs> you gave him a little more life.
0: Yeah, so essentially, Melissa's getting red for eating like a tramp.
1: Um, she slurps again <laughs> and she gets maybe a much
0: deserved slap around the charts. <laughs> It's the worst fake slap I've ever seen. Well, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she starts being a gobby little bitch, and
1: I know. Yeah, she proper goes for. But first,
0: it. he's like, "Do you think I'm an idiot? Do you think I'm stupid?" And well, you chose to star in this film, so yes. Um, yeah, she starts being gobby and telling him about himself.
1: Yeah, yeah, she tells her dad about himself. Um, blames him for the reason that her mother left. He keeps. He keeps saying, "Gelia." Get here. Even though they sat opposite each other at a table. She's not going anywhere. So it's like, I mean, there's a table in the way. He's like, get over here. Get, get here, Melissa. Um, he grabs her. So she bites his hand. Well,
0: first he says, you're a little witch, aren't you? Since she left, teasing me. Oh, I yeah. that part.
1: Just, just to clarify, the, the DVD... Um is awful quality. the The sound is terrible. I can barely hear what a lot of the, the actors say, and there are, there are no subtitles. Obviously, because <laughs> you'd have to put some effort into uh, producing a DVD to have subtitles. Um, also, I think this is taken directly from video, because did you notice there's some? Oh
0: yeah, no, this is absolutely ripped directly from a videotape. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's moments where it's like. <laughs> Um, yeah, he tries grabbing her, and she bites him. And he says, Ow! Come here, you little whore!
1: <laughs> then he gets a bit creepy, doesn't he? Come yeah. here, my little precious, into the darkness. <laughs> I saw you the other day crying because you couldn't find the light switch. Apparently. So then she says, No, untrue. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Apparently, she was crying because she couldn't find the light switch, according to Daddykins. But she says that's not true. She was crying because she couldn't find her stuffed toy Annie, and I'm not sure which one's worse. Like, if he was trying to embarrass her for being afraid of the dark, and she's like, "No, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of losing my stuffed toy Annie." She's like eight years
0: old. Yeah, like which one? I mean, which one's more mature? Like, who are you trying to impress? He starts waving Annie in her face and he's like, oh, you're afraid of Hallinger. You think Hallinger's going to get you? Um, and then she's like, well, no, Hallinger's not real, you fucking moron. My mum told me so. You're just doing it to scare me. Uh, but she didn't say scare me. She says, mum says he's just doing it to scare her. Yeah. Huh. Uh, he then starts chatting shit about Hallinger and black eyes and him coming to pluck her eyes out, making her bleed all over her pretty little clothes. I mean, I thought her outfit was shit, I was going to say, she ain't and
1: profiling, so...
0: The lights, in a bizarre series of events, the lights go out and there's a big flash of white and then she's like, Daddy, look! <laughs> <laughs> Hallinger wow. appears for the first time.
1: <laughs> now, Hallinger... What are we saying? I'm saying an Uncle Festa look-alike who
0: shouts like Phil Mitchell. Um, Toby, who uh, used to work at Chapel Town House, replied to my story and said Vin Diesel. Oh, that's so rude. Poor Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Bloody, yeah, that's best <laughs> for Don't you think it's a bit Poor Vin Diesel. Vindicia was a sex symbol. So is Hallinger. Hallinger is not.
0: <laughs> he looks like a fucking stripper. Um, he's had a bag of flour poured over his head. What um, is? Yeah, it's literally just
1: pale <laughs> makeup and a, a like a bowl cap. Yeah, and he's just like in a priest costume. <laughs> but in like a priest costume, it's it's terrible, and he does. What throughout the film he seems to put on different voices. <laughs> so to begin with, it's definitely Phil Mitchell. Oh, you want to play a game. Just play it with me. <laughs> definitely Phil Mitchell, and he looks like shit. He just, just really, it, it really. Ooh. If it's going for pinhead, but like pinhead, if all the pins were taken. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, at least if you're gonna if you're gonna copy at least try something <laughs> they the do, they give him chains later hanging they? from the ceiling <laughs> bloody
0: hell is that in the eight grand budget um, well he's got a lisp um, he could barely move his face he looks like Lisa runaway she's crying and he's he is desperately trying to do that Doug Bradley pinhead voice, but without any effects on the voice. Obviously, yeah. that's not Doug Bradley's real voice in Hellraiser. There is an effect on it, but he's trying to do it without the effect. I feel like the lisp is stronger. And I don't think, think it's real.
1: Goes on. Now, I don't think it's real, which is very unfortunate. Um, but also the voice kind of goes into, and you won't get the reference, but Luna vashon Okay. who was a wrestler uh, during the Attitude Era, and she had this very gravelly voice, um, which worked for her, which don't work in this. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's just well, a mess. It's, it's here, there, and everywhere. It's never consistent. Whatever no. he's trying to do isn't consistent.
0: The actor went on to be a security guard uh on top films oh lovely some real big names i like i i can't remember now but i did read them earlier oh um i I will do some research i swear one of them was actually the tom cruise war of the worlds if i remember right which wasn't exactly a good film but you know that's that's still pretty big work for someone who was in allinger playing um, not not stripper stripper priest um, Wayne Petrocelli, okay. his name is. Yes, War of the Worlds, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Lovely. The Forgotten. Oh, um, fantastic. <laughs> Margot at the Wedding. Yeah, Wanderlust, uh, Ricky and the Flash, Julie and Julia. Oh,
1: wow. You, let's, you know, credit where it's due. He must be very good. I mean, um, they're being there. I mean, if you're doing security for Meryl Streep... Nicole Kidman, miss, yeah. Carrie
0: Fisher, Russell Crowe. Yeah. I um, love Nicole Kidman, actually. He's, he's worked with her a lot. Kate Hudson. Yeah. Jodie Foster in Panic Room.
1: Less than there. Stick to what you know. Don't try action. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So, he, uh, he shows up, rips out the dad's eyes... The, the the practical effects are fucking dog shit as well normally <laughs> that's our saving grace normally yes. we've always got like oh okay well at least no this hasn't even got good practical effects they look awful um and then he delivers the following monologue without oh our, my god did you, of, you get this down? I've got a few of them down then I just fucking gave up fucking why are you crying my darling one you wanted him dead didn't you and now is your reality and your reality has set me free! And this is my thanks to my darling. But do not worry, because I will be back! Exactly
1: like that. He does the thing. <laughs> and the only thing I can relate him to is Chills, the YouTuber, <laughs> where he emphasizes the wrong words. <laughs> And Gates, some words for absolutely no reason. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar, we love chills. But his voice is really annoying. <laughs> but you get used to it after a while. But it's like... Um, oh, I haven't got a phrase. Um, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Burger King foot lettuce. <laughs> He showed up and ripped her dad's eyes out. I hope she's okay. We then get cheapo credits rolling. Are and you I'm not like saying about cheap. my monologue? It was, beautiful. Thank, it was you, beautiful. thank you. I've also discovered what the lisp is. It's clearly because of his makeup. If he can't move his fucking face, then he's not going to be able to talk uh, properly. Oh, maybe.
1: Anyway, a Anyway, we get the cheapo credits rolling, which is just plain on a plain red background. After some freeze frames of Melissa screaming. Which ends with Hellinger. <laughs> Close your eyes and go to hell <laughs> This this, with the, this absolutely no sense.
0: The score is clearly taking like milliseconds of the Howlraiser score that you could just hear it. And it's like, oh, come on, stop it. You know you can't get sued for this shit, and that's why you're doing it. Can't get sued if no one fucking watches the film. (laughs) This is what I wrote down wait, Lloyd Kaufman, co producer, this is fucking (laughs) trauma. Even trauma are better than this.
1: Well, are they? Like, I love trauma. Toxic Avenger. Surf Nazis Must Die. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very up and down trauma. I find some of it is so good and some of it is awful. Was it Mother's Day trauma?
0: Yeah, Mother's Day was trauma. Ooh. But this is weird because I mean usually they're at least self aware and there's there's a few moments in this where they are this, but Yeah, it's this
1: toes the line and I don't quite get if it's self aware or not.
0: I think there's there's literally one or two scenes where it is and then I think the rest of it they genuinely thought they were making something good. There's not much comedy no. in it.
1: And bits that I thought were comedy aren't always presented as comedy. No. When, my example, and we'll, we'll get to it, but I will mention it now, um, is the guy on the news. Mm. Like, what is that? Yeah. You know? Um, but anyway, we're present day, and there was a corpse being inspected by the police in the street. <laughs> there we go. Older Melissa, as she's had her hair done, so, young Melissa had brown, curly hair. Yeah. Older Melissa has had it straightened and bleached. She's a blonde now. Um, she she doesn't serve a single look throughout like, the whole film. She doesn't. I know it. Not a single look is served. Um, it sounds like someone is mowing
0: their lawn outside. <laughs> um, well, yeah, where's Melissa. So she is with her psychiatrist, Dr. Lewis. She is. Who has a big white mustache. Um, yes.
1: And it, it does absolutely sound like someone is mowing their lawn outside. He's
0: absolutely in his living room. Yeah, yeah. Um the set designs in this film are fucking bizarre. They <sighs> I, I I genuinely think this is all filmed in one house and in the street.
1: My my issue is and um, this has nothing to do with budget. Um, but no one tidies up. <laughs> it's like, everywhere's kind of messy. It's true. Like, in the, um, the psychiatrist's apartment, flat, house, as it's meant to be, a little mm-hmm. layer, um, everything's a bit messy. There's like yeah. shit everywhere. they like, tidy up.
0: You're a professional. Um, yeah, so Dr. Lewis is questioning Melissa um, in his living room about her dad being killed by Hallinger 20 years ago. Um. The police closed the case and said some maniac just came in through the window and killed her dad, but she still believes it's Hallinger. And she tells this guy... Her entire fucking life story. Yeah. But how the police tried to make a live with her mum. She let him move to New York City. And he stops her after asking her to tell him all this shit and says, Melissa, I already know all of this. Oh, yeah, you literally just asked her to tell you this. Yeah, Melissa, I've read your records. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Um, she reveals that she saw Hallinger the other night and this gives us a flashback. To her talking with her friend, uh, Laura Ashton. Oh, was that a flashback? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a flashback. Oh. Uh, Laura Ashton is wearing a Tromeo and Juliet t-shirt. She is. Um, the lights go out. Laura Ashton's not there anymore. And Hallinger appears with a spotlight on him from the ceiling.
1: Yes. He tells Melissa he's missed her and suggests she still loves him. As he eats some of his own skin.
0: His <laughs> yeah, so this is absolutely, again, you know... A very pinhead move from, like, How is A Three or whatever. Um, he rips some of his skin off his face and uh, starts eating it for some reason. Hellinger um, wants her eyes. Yeah. I want to rip them out. There's one bit... Again, I got it all done. There's one bit here where I had oh, inaudible dialogue. Like, between the light and where he says about the darkness... I, I have no idea what he said. No. Um, but yes, he he still loves her. Um, she still loves him after all these years. Um, he'd love to have her lovely little eyes. Oh, I wish they were mine. I want to rip them out. Um, Laura Ashton walks in and he disappears. <laughs> I
1: Melissa's mean, crying on a bed and the roommate Laura comes in to comfort her. We then cut to Melissa telling her doctor about it all, and he doesn't seem very interested, to be honest. <laughs> and um, neither am I. Melissa. We then cut to Melissa on the pavement. A uh, driver of a limo gets out, and she tells him to go fuck himself. <laughs> he says the reverend is waiting for her, and she reluctantly gets in the limo.
0: Is Isn't- it reluctantly? Yeah.
1: Was well, she just time to fuck off? Yeah. But then like he grabs her once, and like, okay, I'll go in. Yeah. Inside the limo, an old man asks her to go to a party. I don't know if I've missed anything. I don't know if I've misheard anything. Because ultimately this makes fuck all sense.
0: No, this is literally out of nowhere. Old
1: man asks her to go to a party. She calls the limo driver a dickhead. (laughs) And one of the old man, the old man being the reverend, one of the reverend's bodyguards...
0: Calls her a cunt. So his name's Bob. His name's Bob. Uh, he has sunglasses, a moustache, and a fucking ponytail. Because it's nineteen ninety seven, and his exact words are, "Watch your mouth when you talk, cunt. Next time I'll snap your neck. Understood." And then, and then she starts being a bit homophobic, and she's like, "Geez, Bob, I didn't know the marriage between you and Greg was going so bad. So why don't you stop the limo and I could get out and walk, dickhead?"
1: Yeah. So she does. <laughs> yeah, the reverend lets her out, um, but she doesn't she's, know where she no, is. No, she's fuming. She's like that's They're great, we, reverend. Where the fuck am I? They haven't even driving for that long, really. <laughs> we then cut to the cops talking about coffee and donuts in an interview room. On oh, smoking, to talk about smoking. Oh, do they?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, an interviewee. Interviewee. So whoever he's interviewing, which we found out, is Kendall. Kendall. Go from Kendall. Kendall explains that he only smokes after sex. So the police officer hilariously suggests he doesn't spend much on cigarettes because he didn't get laid very much. Thank you. That's hilarious. The police officer wants Kendall to investigate the murder and says to give his regards to Kendall's cousin, Melissa. A <laughs> so lot of the film gives Out sort of plot points or... (laughs) Exposition. Exposition.
0: Thank you, that's the word I wanted. Exposition, very flippantly. Yeah, it's literally every time that someone refers to Melissa in front of Kendall, like, your cousin, Melissa. Yeah. Yeah, We know. But was like allowing Melissa to
1: give her whole backstory? It's like, yes, I already knew that. (laughs) Like, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Melissa... Oh, but then we go and cut to Melissa, who's on a bridge, complaining about her ex-boyfriend. I really thought this was her ex-boyfriend.
0: I thought she was on about the Reverend at one point, but
1: she's not. She's talking about Roger. Roger, who I believed was her ex, and they'd broken up, and blah, 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 blah. But turns out her current boyfriend, Roger. Yeah. And she's complaining on a bridge to Laura. Laura? Yep. Yeah. And I don't know what she's complaining about. I can't really hear it. But, uh, Cause, she's because con- obviously, any time they're outside in this fucking film, all the fucking traffic and the wind and all that bullshit gets... Uh,
0: well, it's interesting that on. you say this about Roger because it's very much applied for the rest of the that he's her current boyfriend. Yeah. But she says the exact line of dialogue, um, I broke up with him because he treated me like a whore. Mm. He was like a pimp or something. Yeah. It's so confusing. Um, Laura's like, Oh, you're going to that scam fest later? Which I assumed was the party. Yeah. The yeah. the New Gathering. The New Gathering. Melissa decides she's going to the New Gathering and taking Kendall with her. Laura wants to know if he's the only one who if, if he's the one who's good at martial arts and also wants to know if there's a rule that states you can't sleep with your best friend's cousin. Uh, to which <laughs> Melissa says no, but there's laws against some of the stuff he's into. And then Laura says, what? He'll make me call him Daddy? And Melissa says, you watch too many trauma films. Uh, what does that even fucking mean? I missed
1: all of that. Did you? I, seriously, I missed all of that. I had no idea what they were saying. Yeah. I got, is there some sort of law that says you can't sleep with your best friend's cousin? But that, I didn't know... I don't get any of that. Oh God! I
0: mean, there's some dodgy goings on between Melissa and Kendall. If uh, if she knows the weird stuff he's into, I mean, should should she know that? I mean, this whole is he the martial arts expert?
1: I mean, that explains the tattoos he has on his body. Doesn't it? The um sort of very Japanese iconography. Yeah,
0: which we didn't know whether whether it was. Uh, cultural appropriation.
1: Well it's very much in keeping with how the Yakuza are represented in films. Yeah. I don't know if the actor himself um, I mean they didn't look too bad actually. They d didn't look iffy. I mean I mean in terms of quality, not not sort of exactly Okay. It wouldn't be my
0: taste. So um I've just realised something. Yes, and we we'll keep saying Kendall, and it's uh, it's it's making me it's just ringing a bell. Then I realised I told us during the intro that the director directed a film called uh, Kendall Ransom Bounty Hunter. Okay. Kendall's surname in Hallinger is Ken. Is Ransom? Yeah. He's made a fucking spin off for this character. Ah. Oh. Apparently, only six people, um, on Earth have seen it. To six and they gave it a 6.2 or 9 dB. Oh nice. Wow. And uh, also in case you were wondering, yes, the director did play Mad Cowboy.
1: Oh. Um also I just like to point out that I described when we see Kendall, Cousin Kendall, in the next scene, I said he looked just like Dog the Bounty Hunter in a matrix coat. With a beach. Oh, he's ahead of his time. He's yeah.
0: Before Blade, before The Matrix.
1: Exactly. Have you ever seen Dark the Bounty Hunter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah so that's... I mean, that's
0: he keeping. I mean, he's started loads of trends there. He... If I didn't look already look at his IMDb, I'd have asked you which random wrestler this was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he absolutely looks like a random wrestler. Um, we get Jeanette Rock Music playing as... Um, as he walk, as he as he rides in I oh, no, no, he's on his motorbike later, honestly, as he walks in, uh, looking all cool and approaching some prostitutes. He does. Did That's... you get a single line of dialogue? Um
1: he no, no. All I got was he talks to a couple of prostitutes about the murder, but the sound is so bad I'm struggling to hear him. I
0: genuinely didn't get a single I didn't even know what they were talking about. Their pimp Nicky the, the Pimp,
1: pimp <laughs> suggests He must be a homosexual if he doesn't want to sleep with one of his girls. I didn't even get that. One of his girls also believes that he must be the F-word. Did you not hear the F-word? I didn't. I genuinely didn't get a word. He must be uh, the F-word if he doesn't want to sleep with one of them. Um, They've all clearly taken this very personally, that he doesn't (laughs) want to shag one of the prostitutes. (laughs) <laughs> Kendall then asks Nikki about the stockbroker murder. Who the fuck knew was a stockbroker was <laughs> I murdered? Mean, who the what are you talking about? I thought he was investigating the dad's murder. I'm so. I mean, obviously there was a dead body at the beginning, but That's and, who must be the stockbroker. Must be the stockbroker. But as far as I know that had nothing to do with because Hallinger, Hallinger just rips people's eyes out. Yeah, the guy had his eyes ripped out. But he also had his insides ripped out.
0: Oh, so he did rip someone's insides out. So one person. (laughs) So, um... Nicky the
1: Pimp seems concerned about the murder. And he's quite serious. He's like, oh, yeah, this area, you know, it's all this, that, and the other. But then he turns and just wants to fight again. He pulls out a knife. Kendall, being the martial arts expert (laughs) that he is, punches him a couple of times and then just leaves. Kendall... Not Kendall, Nikki the Pimp is like, Oh, don't you come back here, I'm oh, <laughs> running away. You leave me and my prostitutes alone. And then he pushes one of the prostitutes almost flat on her ass. <laughs> well, what is going on He's here? you fuming. Nikki so, the Pimp looks
0: like he is Axel Rose. Rose, but also like Axel Jason Mewes as well. <laughs> He's got a fucking bandana on and everything. He... He looks like such a twat. It is unbelievable. And his name's Nicky the Pimp. You know, I mean, he might be the biggest twat we've discussed on this podcast. (laughs) Probably. Nicky the Pimp dressed like Axl Rose. I mean, it's a Halloween costume waiting to happen, isn't it? If anyone goes as Nicky the Pimp for Halloween this year, please send us your uh, pictures. Then we go to
1: Kendall and the police officer. I never got his name. I don't care. I really don't care. He's just a police officer. They're on a stakeout. What for? Who knows? I have absolutely no idea. Wait, why. are they? I'm assuming so. They're in, a, they're in like a shady area. Oh, I know. Yeah. In yeah. A police... I, didn't even, I didn't even write yeah, that shit they're down. on some sort of stakeout. A red-headed lady, who I presume to be a prostitute, uh, comes up to the car and starts chatting to Kendall. Kendall then has a flashback to them having sex. And he then offends her by suggesting that marriage makes you shit yourself. <laughs> and the reason she's offended is because he recently asked her to marry him. Even though they haven't seen each other in a while. Okay. Okay. You've missed something out, but first of How? all... How? How have I missed any First of all, you've missed quite a key affair. scene out,
0: actually. Have I? But first of all, this girl that goes into the car, is she the one who gets a vag bitten off? No.
1: No. Okay, I was going to no, say. No, that's
0: Laura. Because they look very similar, her and Laura. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you missed out the Reverend in his motel room, uh, where he asks Roger if he's excited for the event. Roger starts talking shit about God. He's like, oh, God, flesh, 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 God, oh. And then Reverend tells him he's his best boy, sends Bob and Rob out of the room, gives, uh, Roger gives Reverend a fucking tape, right? This tape never comes back. And then Reverend's like, oh, it's too hot in here. And then Roger gives him a look. It cuts away and it's fucking implied that they're about to have sex. You know, at the end of the film. Yeah, and he says, "Oh, he's having they're having sex." He's on about Reverend and Roger. Oh. Chris, don't ooh gays.
1: There's at least fifty <laughs> years between them, Gary. It's <laughs> that Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. <laughs> anyway, at the end of the film, when they have like the actors come up on the screen. Yeah. Is that where the, the is this the scene where Roger and Bob that is taking? Cause I, yeah, I didn't recognise that. Yeah, I fell asleep. Did you
0: really? I actually fell asleep. Oh, for fuck's sake! I, gen- I genuinely nodded <laughs> off. Yeah, he gives him a cassette tape, um, like from a camcorder in the nineties, and it it goes nowhere. That never comes back. No one's recorded
1: anything. Well, I was quite fortunate. That was the scene. I decided to sleep during then. Um,
0: but yeah, no, that's when it was implied that they are having an affair. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, and then that's when the whole, uh, fantasy about having sex with the prostitute. Well, but it wasn't, prosti- well, I, was. I thought it was. it was
1: a flashback. I mean, the, yeah. this this is one cool dude. Have you seen it's the true. leather jacket? Have you seen his this? This ain't gonna be a fantasy. This is gonna be <laughs> a flashback. He, he's absolutely had her. And, um... Kendall is late to go to the party with Melissa. Police officer says, you know, you're meant to be there at nine. It's half nine now. You're going to be in trouble. He calls Melissa from a payphone.
0: Yeah? Yeah, instead of just going
1: straight to her. Yeah, so he calls Melissa from a payphone. And then we cut to Laura waiting for someone who is late. (laughs) Yet it has nothing to do with the phone call... ...that we've just seen regarding somebody being late. No. This is... I can't comprehend
0: it, I, what the filmmakers did. I really don't know what they were thinking... ...because then he goes back to her room... ...and they start playing fucking chess. Yeah. The
1: Melissa's
0: they, room. Yeah. Him and Melissa start playing chess... ...despite already being late for this new gathering... ...and the new gathering... ...never brought up again. No. They literally just play chess, and in a fucking really bizarre series of events, um, Laura Ashton is chased uh, whilst the chess game's going on. Now it makes it look like uh, Kendall and Melissa are they, you know, are they in on this? Because they're playing chess to her being chased. Yeah. Right? Um, I think I'm giving the filmmakers too much credit, but that's what it looked like. A guy with balaclava on puts a bag over her head, keeps punching her on top of a car, he pulls a knife out, cuts out her tongue, licks it, waves it around for a bit and throws it away. He then proceeds to violently punch her in the vagina, Um, I think this may have been implied fisting, before going down on her, biting off part of her vagina, and then fucking her corpse. Who the fuck wrote that, first of all? Who the fuck is the guy with a palaclava? It's Roger.
1: No, it's not. No, okay, number one, I'll I'll go... It's an incredibly dark scene. It really... Considering how ridiculous everything else is... (laughs) Do you mean in both fucking aspects? Because you can hardly see a thing. Yeah, it is very, very dark. Um, Like, the, 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 the lighting's awful. Um, but it's very dark. It's really uncomfortable, Mm. considering how ridiculous the rest of the film has, uh, it has been, and will continue to be. It sticks out like a sore thumb. It's it's really unsettling and creepy. It's really badly made, really badly filmed. The effects aren't great. It just feels really rank and dirty. and, And not in like... You know, because, you know, horror does push boundaries. Mm. But this felt so out of place and kind of uh, exploitative. It's unnecessary. It really, really highly unnecessary. Genuinely, just, I don't understand. But then the the guy in the balaclava pulls up the balaclava Mm. to, you know, be able to go down on her. Um... I hope my mum never listens to this podcast. <laughs> like, seriously. But I... And I, I've got it here. I said, oh, it's Norman. Uh, Roger. Norman. Why? I'm obsessed with calling Norman. Well, there Norman. may have been a guy called
0: Norman, because I think they'd probably just use the same actor. because... It's Roger. Don't,
1: yeah, but why would it be
0: Roger? It makes no sense at all. It does
1: make sense. Does it? Yeah. How? Because, spoiler alert, the big reveal at the end, Hellinger tells Melissa that Roger killed Laura as some big reveal because Laura and Roger were having an affair. Laura was going to tell the truth, so Roger killed her. Was that the shit he was going on about? That's the shit he was going on about. Wow. So the big reveal was that this murderer in the balaclava was Roger, even though I knew it was Roger because he lifted half his balaclava up and I recognized his face.
0: So Roger, the guy having an affair with a priest, a reverend, having an affair with uh-huh. the reverend, the guy who has really boring looking sex with Melissa, yeah, is a psychopath who bites off flaps. Yeah. What? What well, he does? He bites a part of her vagina.
1: He
0: does. And waves it around in his mouth. He cuts off her fucking tongue. He is the most boring character in this film. How the fuck did he come up with all of that?
1: Exactly. But then at the end of the scene, he shouts as if he's caught his finger in a door and then smiles and walks off. It's like, (laughs) Ah! We then cut to Kendall, who's just won a chess... Um, There were a lot of pieces on there as well. I don't think Melissa's very good at chess. There's still, like, all the pieces on there. Yeah. And he goes, checkmate. I'm like, Melissa must be really fucking awful at chess. <laughs> she ain't got one fucking piece. <laughs> we then cut to breaking... Of awful, Truly awful. Really, really bad, that whole scene. I don't know what they were going for. We then cut to breaking news on the TV... And some random, I said he looked like Lemmy from Motorhead, some random guy grabbing the mic, and I don't know what he was saying, he was just chatting shit. Yeah,
0: he, he, uh, you can't hear what he's saying. No. Um, he's one listed as Mad Cowboy, that's the director. Mad type. Cowboy. Um, but it is really weird that they had this scene, you know, that ended with a bit of necrophilia. Um, after this guy, after Roger murdered her. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to Jack O'Hara from City News in a comedic scene. Yeah. So it, it, well, did you think the scene before was funny? Because that's really bad. Maybe. I don't know what he's saying.
1: He's climbing from your window, he's snatching <laughs> your people up. Um, well, that would have been good. <laughs> Roger, and kind of fitting as well.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. Literally, after he has just fucking gone vagina biting and tongue cutting, Roger now having a snooze, having a nap. Yeah. In just his fucking sweatpants, walks to his door after the doorbell rings. Kendall gets off, um, gets off his motorbike, and uh, after going for a smoke machine to so some more generic rock music, knocks on a door. And it cuts to Roger answering his door to Melissa, who kisses him. Like very silent, trying to be silent to the. Oh lambs. my god! Like seriously. Um, which is insulting to silence at the lamp. Exactly. How has he just gone from this elaborate fucking death scene? Yeah. And a bit of necrophilia to just oh hey Melissa let's let's have a bit of boring sex. But what he also yeah because wasn't.
1: Didn't he didn't she break up with him because he was weird? Because he treated her like he was
0: a pimp, yeah. Yeah. Well he, This character has so many different personalities. I, I really Yeah he barely says a word. Yeah. He is the most boring character yet he oh my god. I uh, I can't believe that's meant to be him. Do you ridiculous. know what's
1: really shocking?
0: The entire next ten minutes of the film
1: it is the fact that when he gets out of bed, he's in these grey joggers, and we all know what grey joggers do to a man's um, area. And uh, he walks directly towards the camera, crotch first. <laughs> was, were you not? Do we? Were you not? Was it like a jump scare? It
0: was just crotch coming towards the camera, like. Um, yeah, I suppose. Um, I mean, that would have been preferable to the next ten minutes what we get. Yeah. Bizarre
1: series of events. So, Kendall, he's riding down a busy New York street. Kendall then goes to a house with Christmas decorations on the door and around the building. So, apparently this is a Christmas film now. But it seems to be the only house on the street that has Christmas decorations and that that I could see. Mm-hmm. There's a wreath on the door and there's some lights outside. Grimbo, lovely. We then cut to Roger, opening the door to Melissa, who's clearly ready for a good time, uh, which I'm confused by because <laughs> she was bitching about him not too long ago. And I feel like she would have known that her best friend is dead by this point? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, it was on the news. Yeah. Ex- oh, of course it was. Yeah. So she-, she would have known her best friend has been yeah. murdered in a really grisly way. We then cut to Kendall and the door finally opening. So he keeps knocking, keeps knocking, keeps knocking. It's Melissa's psychiatrist. And Kendall wants to know all about Hellinger. Okay? Mm-hmm. We then cut... To the cop being aggressive on the phone, for some reason, because he's a cop in a film, mm-hmm. he has to be, he has to threaten someone on a phone. So if you don't get me this information, you're done in this precinct. All that shit, and then he starts thinking out loud, <coughs> and what he's thinking is that his mother wanted him to be an actor, <laughs> so he could travel, but. He wouldn't want to be an actor because he'd really miss shooting people he doesn't like.
0: Yeah. Like, and is that the last we see of him in this film? No, no, uh-huh. he is in a bit later on. Oh, that's a real shame. Um, sexy music plays whilst Melissa undresses and Roger attempts to switch the lamp off, but she stops him. I mean, that's that's so really fucking rude. That's oh, just getting the tits oh out, my get the God. Off.
1: If you were taking. and someone
0: switched all the lights off oh my god excuse me and then we get what is quite possibly a scene that involves the most talking shit from any film we've ever discussed on this podcast oh my lord it goes on for about ten minutes and it starts with Dr Lewis explaining that he thinks Melissa is finally comfortable with the homicide of her father by some escaped mental convict Kendall thinks her problem is fear in Hallinger, and by the way, he knocked on a house door. They are inside a fucking flat, and you know what's not in the flat?
1: Christmas decorations.
0: Christmas decorations.
1: Yes. <laughs> Why are Christmas? De- it's it's literally, and I I truly believe this is what they did, is they noticed that somebody with a nice house was out for the evening. <laughs> so they filmed it of him knocking and knocking and knocking and then filmed the other part in someone's apartment.
0: But you see the reef
1: though. You see him answer the
0: door of that house. Oh in God, the, yeah. in the yes, shop. Was, yeah. So if they had access to that house, just film the whole fucking scene there. But why is there no Christmas tree up? So They're going to this flat. Um... Why would you have a reef and lights and no Christmas tree? Why up? would Dr. Lewis, a professional, give... <gasps> This like give grins, Kendall or, yeah. like the entire history of Melissa, family member or no family member. This is ridiculous. He just chats shit about her being scared of lights and feeling like she's eight years old when uh, it's yeah lights go out.
1: So the doctor tells Kendall that the dark reverts Melissa back to a scared eight year old. Kendall tells him that he hates to say it, but he thinks he's right. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's a professional. Kendall then proceeds to tell a story that backs this up one hundred percent. Even even though he just said, "I hate to say it, but I think you're right." Here's a story that perfectly backs up your claim. Um, the story, oh, is the story is when they were in like a garage or some or somewhere, and the lights, uh, the lights switched off, and Kendall was like, oh, "I just need to fix the fuse." And Melissa wouldn't let him go and leave her alone because you know, um, she was scared. I mean, let's be honest. This is when we should have had a flashback. Yeah. Not not to sexy time flashbacks. (laughs) This is when we should have had a flashback because it may have been a slightly interesting, scene that um, gave a little bit of uh, character development for Melissa. But
0: (laughs) Doctor Lewis's. Lord forbid, (laughs) but Doctor Lewis is like. Wow, well, you're embarrassing. Secret safe with me. <laughs> you're fucking patient. Exactly. It's not fucking embarrassing. Nothing
1: else is. Well, no, no. Kendall says it. It was embarrassing. <laughs> Which I don't know why it was embarrassing for him.
0: Yeah, he he told the
1: story. Yeah, off his own back. Yeah, and. Um... He goes, oh, don't worry. Your embarrassment is safe with me. Well, do you know what hasn't been safe with you? All the rest of the fucking information about <laughs> Melissa. I'm pretty sure, even though it's a cousin, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to tell
0: anyone this shit. Well, then he just jumps from, oh, your embarrassment secret's safe with me. Anyway, I think we should put her in a mental asylum and straitjacket. Like, what? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, we need to observe her and make sure she doesn't kill herself. And then... They go on more tangents than we do. It just goes all over the place. Then eventually it comes back to her, Melissa's obsession with the dark. Um, then they start talking about the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And then Kendall wants to know if Dr. Lewis thinks Hallinger exists. To which <laughs> Dr. Lewis says, As a psychiatrist, no. As a man, yes. <laughs> Just carry on talking shit. Dr. Lewis is uh, secretly obsessed with Hallinger, apparently. Yeah,
1: yeah. But then they talk about one of Hallinger's followers. I didn't know this was a thing and up until this point. <laughs> a Hallinger follower who died for Hallinger, who like killed himself for, for Hallinger or something I wasn't really understanding. Uh, Kendall gets aggressive about... Scientists wanting to do experiments and shit. <laughs> they
0: must have been ad libbing this shit.
1: Oh, oh my god! It goes on for what feels like half an hour. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, unfortunately, uh, when we finally cut from this scene, it's a really tepid sex scene. Well, whoa,
0: whoa. well, still got a bit to go. Oh god! Oh god! Kendall takes Melissa's files, and swears on his holly. Ah, no, it wasn't file. It was some sort of, like, storybook. Uh, He swears on his holly that he won't let anyone see whatever perverted shit might be in there. He's leaving. They're still talking shit. And then when he leaves, the cameraman must have fallen asleep because Dr. Lewis is literally just sitting there doing nothing for a few minutes and then he drinks his cup of tea. (laughs) Why did we need to see that? But then the scene finally ends and we get... Melissa and Roger are having very boring-looking sex um, with the mellow, sexy music playing. Um, somehow they're doing it with Melissa's underwear on, but she's trying very hard for us not to see this and keeps trying to move the duvet in the way. <laughs>
1: it was kind of weird that... I think it was the quality of the film, but kind of like her knickers were shiny. Did yeah. Do you not get that? Like, the weird quality of the film made her knickers look shiny... Which
0: just made them more obvious? Yeah. Even, like, it's just, you didn't need to do that angle. But it, it's the same shot and the same position going on for fucking ages. Um, Roger then attempts acting scared when Melissa starts having an orgasm whilst rubbing herself in blood. Uh, next scene, Melissa has no blood on her. Well, that's
1: him having, so this is him having a psychotic moment. Because he's a psychopath. Oh, and no, no, so that now.
0: So I, makes I sense. feel the
1: problem the problem is I feel like we were meant to recognise that as Roger. Which makes the big reveal later
0: stupid. Yeah. Um the next moment she's asleep. He attempts to stab her. Oh and that makes sense now as well. Yeah, so the um, next
1: morning Roger is holding a knife to Melissa's nipple. <laughs> Hellinger appears behind him. And doesn't really pull out his eyes. It just rubs her. Just kinda like rub see you know when your eyes are a bit tired and you have to give him a good <laughs> rub. It's like he's doing that. But then there's like fake blood coming out of it. Um Melissa wakes and sees what's going on. Um Helen just says, Don't waste your tears, Melissa. <laughs> he didn't love you like I do. He didn't care for you. He didn't live for you as I do. Uh, yeah. Helen just... <laughs> Helen just then tells Melissa that the eyes are the mirror of the soul. <laughs> um, look into his eyes, Melissa. Madness. madness, madness, madness. His eyes are as black as his soul. I don't know why I'm giving him a, a bit of Vincent Price. I am doing much better at this. Oh. <laughs>
0: Then Again, I got one point film. where he's like, it's like, "As black as his soul." What happened? against me, Melissa. Inaudible dialogue. Hollinger. Yeah, oh, yeah. heed my warning, precious. We're around you. What are you fucking talking about? He gets so many monologues. It is unbelievable.
1: Oh, and remember, Melissa. Sometimes hate can be confused with
0: love. <laughs> um. Yeah, he tells her that he's the master of her dreams, the creator of her destiny, and starts reading it to about a boring life. Yeah, I just.
1: I, I like. He wants to kill her.
0: Yeah. But
1: why don't he just do it? But she, he thinks she wants to kill him. But there's. Ab- <laughs> but the thing is, there's absolutely no reason why he wouldn't just kill her. Yeah. I mean, he's killed other people. Perfectly fine. Kendall then gets a phone call. <laughs> With seemingly bad news... About Roger. About Roger. But goes to see the police officer to give him backstory on someone called
0: Donaldson. He's already there with him. He gets the call at the police station. Yeah. He takes the call. He's like, oh, yeah, just been murdered. Yeah, Roger's just been murdered with my cousin. there. Oh, okay. Right, see you later. Anyway, so, Hallinger, he was a priest called. Okay, you've literally just been told... That where your cousin is, someone was murdered in front of her. Yeah. You're literally, you're going to do this now. You're going to do the exposition now. So we get, and the, the exposition
1: is that Donaldson was a kind of Jonestown style court leader. Yeah. Um, you're familiar with Jonestown, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently he killed himself and his followers in a fire. So he was a cult leader, he lured them, they all sacrificed themselves in the name of the Lord, blah-de-blah-de-blah. He says that legend states Donaldson became Hellinger as some sort of punishment for his sins. He then says that it's not
0: true, though, (laughs) and Melissa is probably having a breakdown. This is ridiculous. Literally, Cop Boss is like, oh yeah, do you think uh, think Hellinger killed Roger? He's like, nah, of course not. Melissa clearly had a mental breakdown. I think some psychopath did it. What? Which one what is the it? fuck do
1: you mean? You have given us three. You have given us exposition
0: <laughs> on Hellinger
1: and Donaldson, and then said, no, it's not that. So you wasted our time. You then say, uh, it's probably Melissa having a breakdown. And then you say that there's some sort of psychopath who is stalking Melissa and killing the people around her.
0: So which one is it? And he's gone through all of this whilst Melissa's still there with his fucking corpse. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is it? Kendall takes Melissa home. Um, but before this, <laughs> Cop Boss says, You take care of yourself, Kendall. And it's like, You're a true friend. <laughs> Apparently. Um, she goes for a lie down. Uh, she starts dreaming of Hallinger. Surrounded by chains coming from the ceiling. Uh, a spotlight, his, his famous spotlight and a smoke machine. And he's like, come to me, Mollisar, come to me, come, come. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, there's no subtlety there at all with the chains.
1: This is a little like the fan, isn't it? It's.
0: I mean, you've got a clearly
1: like queer character stalking a <laughs> female... <laughs> You've got spotlights aplenty. <laughs> um, Helen just actually sounds like he's doing a bit of a
0: Lauren Bacall impression. He does. Um, but as soon as the scene ends, we get a quick cut to Kendall's ass in the shower. Yes. <laughs> that was a fucking jump scare.
1: <laughs> yeah, and K- Kendall is... <sighs> I I don't know if they're real. I suppose they would be real because he's in the shower. Yeah. But he's literally tattooed. Um, He has some sort of like... It's hard to describe. It's as if uh, the tattoos are meant to look like a jacket. Yeah. Because there's like a a bit down his chest and stomach that isn't tattooed. But the rest of his body is, Mm -hmm. including his arse. And it's very, very much in keeping with Japanese iconography. Uh, I, there's a dragon on his back. Um, I, think, I believe there's a geisha. And it's very much meant to look like a Yakuza mm-hmm. uh, style of tattoo. Which I, I think is, I don't know, it's a little iffy, you know.
0: It is. Um, the, the lights go out. Hallinger puts his hand around his throat and tries stabbing him, and says, Time to die! Kendall grabs the nearest drill, because they're always hanging around in the bathroom, uh, and starts drilling Hallinger in the head. Oh my god, it's not even a drill though, is it? It's like a handheld screwdriver. (laughs)
1: Electronic (laughs) screwdriver. So, why he's got one in the bathroom, lord knows. Grabs it, shoves it into Hallinger's head, Yeah. Helen then grabs it and starts giving it a blowy. And I, I <laughs> kid you not, this isn't me being over the top or anything. He's literally got this screwdriver and he's, he's giving it a fucking blowy. <laughs> and then it's going in and out. He's licking the end of it. It's he's true.
0: having a great time. He's like the mind, a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> um. Kendall's like, go back to hell, motherfucker, and then slaps the camera twice. <laughs> motherfucker.
1: That never sounds right in an English um, accent. But this is what he sounded like as well.
0: He, he, <laughs> look, he slaps the camera twice and then Hallinger disappears. Yeah. Mad Cowboy appears in the apartment. Oh, see? This is where I
1: think <laughs> it's so. This comic side just is so weird. It's like, where has this come from?
0: He, he, he appears in the apartment and he's like, oh, I know where she is. So, then we cut to what is supposed to be a church. It shows you the outside of a church and then the inside. This is not a church. This is nothing of the sort. This is someone's living room, again, with black curtains, like, put up all around it. And a very obvious, filthy-looking door that hasn't finished... been decorated. Oh, my God, and shit all over the floors.
1: Yeah. What a mess.
0: Melissa... Um, was asking Hallinger why she's there. And he gives yet another monologue about absolute fucking nonsense. Something about the sun giving people life. I I couldn't even be bothered to type it down. He chats
1: so much shit. Goes on and on and on, droning on. I really, I have absolutely no idea. I feel like at one point he was suggesting that him and Melissa were related... But then I don't think that's what he was saying. Um, he discloses that Roger killed Laura, and um, because Laura was going to reveal their affair, um, he says that he only, because he's only killed. I don't I don't understand the, the stockbroker that's not dealt with in the film. No, but in terms of killing people, he's killed. Uh, her dad, mm-hmm. who was an asshole to her. He's also killed Roger, mm-hmm. who was going to kill her. Yeah,
0: who else does he kill? He, he um. Well, he tried to kill Kendall for some reason. Yeah. But he, he literally says he only kills people that um that want to hurt her. He says So he Kendall was her.
1: potentially gonna have her put away because he thinks she's had no a, a breakdown.
0: Yeah, he. he he literally gives his entire backstory again. Yeah. About the fire and everything. He says that Melissa has his light in her, whatever that means. Which um, sure I thought they were late. I thought the big reveal that, that was that
1: he was going to be her real dad and her mum was part of the finger Bob. Or that she was adopted and he's her real father and he's there to protect her.
0: It could well be because I, some of it was inaudible That's again and it just went on for fucking ages. That's so long. Kendall barges in, holds a gun up to Hallinger. He's like, stay away from Melissa. He's a fucking maniac. Really? Really? You had to tell her that? Yeah. She doesn't give a shit. She fucking, in a bizarre series of events, walks over to Hallinger, punches a fucking hole in his rubber face. Her and Kendall leave the church. We get a shot of Mad Cowboy looking at the church. And we end on pictures of the cast with their names and character names. I shit you not, that is how this film ends. All this build-up, all these these moments of confrontation between Melissa and Allinger, and she fucking just walks up to him without hesitating and punches his face in. A fist goes straight through it.
1: Yeah. I have a couple of concerns about this scene. Number one, how did he die from a punch? I know it squashed his skull for some reason. (laughs) But a screwdriver through the head didn't do anything. Yeah. So I don't understand how this killed him. Number two, why did Kendall think that shooting him would have worked when he's (laughs) literally just (laughs) shoved a screwdriver through his head? And thirdly, Melissa wasn't arrested for Roger's murder. No. Because they believed that Melissa... Because she's a woman, obviously, would never have had the strength to have pulled his eyes out like yeah. that. That's that's what yeah. I mean. Because really, she you know went into a room with a guy, who left in mm-hmm. you know um, a rubber bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Essentially, so really, she should have been top. Um, what should we call it? Suspect. Suspect, thank you. Oh, God. This film has really fucking done me in. Uh, I can't talk anymore. She should have been top suspect. Yeah, she's able to crush a fucker's skull in one <laughs> punch.
0: Like, bloody hell, maybe it was her. I get a horrible feeling, the fact that this happened so easily, that this may have been a metaphor for an abusive childhood, and you know, her facing a demons and getting rid of it by punching it. I hope it's not the case because that's terrible. That is a terrible metaphor with this shitty film. Um, I again, I think I'm giving filmmakers too much credit. But do you think
1: this was an influence on *Malignant*? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, obviously. You
1: know how everyone's reeled off a thousand <laughs> movies that influence *Malignant*. Yeah, it's definitely Do you think *Hellinger* one. is on there? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but that's *Hellinger*. Oh. Oh,
1: it was awful. Do you know what? Do you know what was actually really painful? (laughs) Trying to make it entertaining (laughs) whilst describing. Seriously. We
0: probably made it sound more fun than it actually is.
1: Sometimes you have to really stretch to make something interesting. And this is absolutely one of those films. It
0: is dire. It is bottom of the barrel. Awful. Look, if you guys, we've discussed it, so you don't have to watch it now. Ever. Yeah. I would uh, watch the clips we put up on our social media. Yeah, and, and
1: that's it that's fine. That's fine. If you just want someone chatting shit. And I'm <laughs> I'm you know, I'm not against a a very talky film. You know, I like talky films. I love, you know, Robert Altman, his films are very um conversation heavy, very dialogue heavy. Love it. Love those style of films because they're actually fucking saying something this film just chat shit it's oh it just chalks and talks and talks and talks and talks and doesn't say a fucking thing didn't even say anything relevant to the plot it's like
0: what I mean, are you confusing very yeah.
1: very annoying
0: i i mean the the writers and the editors and everyone, they, they must have been fucking drunk whilst writing <laughs> this there's, there's no way that they thought this made any sort of sense i don't know. Yeah.
1: Even on a low budget, you can make something that at least stays coherent. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, that, that's Hallinger. Can't say we recommend it. Um, but talk to us on social media in case by some miracle chance you have seen it. Uh, we're Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Horrible Trash on Twitter. Uh, I'm dead at Gaz92 on Letterboxd. Gazmo205 on Instagram. And GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm at
1: 823 on Letterboxd, Twitter and Instagram.
0: Rate uh, review and subscribe on iTunes, like a follow, nothing else. Don't forget, Hellraiser this Thursday at Chapel Town Picture House. Get your tickets from the links in our bios. Friday, we are kicking off Michael Myers Through the Years with Halloween 1 and 2. And next week, we'll be back with Halloween 4, 5, and 6.
1: Yes, very exciting. Just like that little girl in the video. Have you seen- Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, excited over Michael Myers. I love you. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's going to be very nice. After um, after the Lost Boys sequels, Glitter, I Saw What You Did remake, and now Hallinger, it is going to be great to discuss my favourite film of all time for Friday's episode. And a decent sequel No, part well. six is... Oh, yeah, well, whatever. Part six is uh, Tuesday. Yes. So... Anyone coming to the screen, and we'll see you on Thursday. But everyone else, we'll see you on Friday. Bye.